Coming up, 35 minutes, 1035, Jennifer Bukowski. She was an election watcher. The Republicans sent her out of state. We'll find out what she has learned. She'll share that with us at 1035. In the meantime, New York Times has a piece about cats. Are cats as aloof and independent as we think they are? Maybe not. A study shows that cats respond to what you say. If this cat that my wife has was to respond to what I say, it would drop dead. Uh, but it doesn't. Uh, especially if you talk directly to them the way you would talk to a baby, and they react specifically to their owner's voice. They know and understand more than they let on, and this may be difficult for you to believe. They like interacting with humans. They don't hate us. That's not really a mutual uh, feeling for me. <laughs> I Really, I, I'm at wit's end with this thing. It's, it's literally, it's... I see paw prints on the stove. It's like, wait a minute, he was in that sandbox full of poo and pee, and now he's walking on the counters in the stove. Uh, and on top of that, he is sharpening his claws. And, and it's not the scratching post that Gwen has all over the house. <laughs> no, no. The, the real prime scratching post for him is the sofa. I mean, he clings to that like a monkey on a tree. It's like, get off of that. He's going to rip that furniture to shreds. I don't even want to buy new furniture. Uh, it's like, yeah, he's just going to rip it to shreds. Leave it leave it alone. Oh, do I hate cats. Oy, 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 oy. All right, listen, we got a couple of minutes. We're going to do a quick survey. This is a lightning survey. The advantage to a lightning survey for listeners is we only take one caller, uh, one call per day from any individual. But if we do a lightning survey, it does not count as your one call. It's just a lightning survey, and we're going to keep track. Here's the question. We know that the Senate is going to be, at, at the very best, 50-50 split. Uh, if Georgia goes to the Republicans, uh, it's a power-sharing arrangement. But the House of Representatives looks like, and I hesitate to make any prediction after this election... But it looks like it's going to the Republicans. So they have to choose a Speaker of the House. Here's your lightning survey question. Who would you pick to be the new Speaker of the House of Representatives? There is a, a you know, there, there's a group of traditional Republicans uh, who have made up their minds. There's a new group of, well more conservative-slash-libertarian-leaning uh, Republicans, and they have their choices. What's your choice? Who would you like to see Speaker of the House? Uh, I know this is probably political suicide, but there's something about Jim Jordan that I really like. Jordan has that take-no-prisoners mentality, uh, Not not to mention that he's from Lorain, Ohio, which is near my hometown, uh, but but he really is, he's tough, and I like that. I don't want some mealy-mouthed speaker. I want somebody who's tough, someone who can handle the steaming pile of Pelosi and anything that Democrats throw at him, and I think he can, and I think he could get a pretty good following. I think even the mainstream Republicans would get behind him. So that's my 
that's my that's my vote. Brian, who would you make as Speaker same, of the House? Same one, Jim, Jim Jordan. Jordan. Yep. Yeah, uh, Jordan is uh, he is tough. All right, let me uh, let me go grab some phone calls. Eight seven four nine three nine zero. Or if you're uh, not local here in Columbia, the toll free number is eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. That gets you into the studio. Or go to GaryNolan.com. Send me your vote. Uh, so we got two for Jim Jordan, Brian, and me. Let's see what Joe has to say. Joe, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Who would you want hey, for Gary. speaker? Uh, make it three for Jim Jordan. He's uh, For all the reasons you said, that guy, he's well-spoken, he's intelligent, he remains calm, and he can just tear people to shreds in that manner. Doesn't he, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe, thank you. you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, Craig, good morning. How are you this morning? Doing great, doing great. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Wow, this is getting to be a pattern. I'm starting to see this emerge. (laughs) What is your reasoning? What, What makes you think he's better for the job? Well, I've just watched him in these hearings that they've had, and he's... He's fair, but he's very aggressive, and he won't let him weasel out of a question. Yeah, I like that, too. All right, Craig, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's a lightning survey, so you can give me your opinion. It doesn't count as your as your uh, call for the day on the personal property tax. Jared, I've been boycotting personal property tax for five years. When I get pulled over for plates being expired on my vehicle, I tell them that I'm in dispute with the county over personal property taxes. Well, that would probably get me arrested. Gary, the property tax, income tax are not insane. They're tyranny. Uh, Tim, he wants Tom Massey to be Speaker of the House. That's an interesting call. Uh, so we got one for Tom Massey. And uh, what are we up to for Jim Jordan? Six. Richard, who would you like to see Speaker of the House? Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Same reasons as everybody else? He can think on his feet, and he's got his thoughts way ahead of everybody else he talks to. All right. You're on. Thank you, Richard. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh, you know what, Brian? I mentioned this in the first hour. I didn't mention the dinner in the second hour, so I'll have to do that in just a few minutes. Uh, Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I, too, am well. Who would you want to see as Speaker of the House? I would love to see Jim Jordan. Uh, he knows how to get in people's faces. And if you uh, research his collegiate background, he was a heck of a wrestler and a competitor. And I think he brings all of that to the house. I agree. All right, Dave, thank you. Yeah. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I'm beginning to think, Brian, that uh, Jim Jordan might be able to pull this off. At least here. I mean, well, I, I don't think in we're... In the house, all the people are talking about Kevin McCarthy and... Uh, who's that other guy? Andy Biggs and other people. No names, really. Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, our listeners are not any different than conservatives across the country. And I'm willing to bet that they would go for Jordan, too. All right. Uh, here's the thing. I mentioned this last night in the third hour of the program, and I announced it this morning in the first hour of the program. But I haven't announced this yet for uh, listeners who... You know, just turned on the radio. Maybe you're at work or you're going to work, whatever. Every year we have our Christmas dinner at CC City Broiler. Uh, we are literally over half full uh, just on two announcements. If you would like to come to our Christmas dinner, it's going to be on Sunday the 18th at 12 o'clock noon at CC City Broiler 
what you have to do if you would like to get in, because they're going to open up early for us. They're going to bring in their staff for us, and they're going to serve just us. The door's locked. It's just you and me. So here's what you have to do. You have to go to GaryNolan.com, and you have to send me an email and tell me your name, your telephone number, give me your email address, and the number of people. Uh, and it, 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 most of that it gets filled out while you're sending the message. Number of people, name, phone number, email. That way I can keep track. And uh, we'll, you know, I'll send you a, a message when I get your response so you know that you're in. Uh, if you'd like to come to this. And it's it's really neat that they open up early for us. By the way, they'll do this for you. If you have a party, a gathering, a, a business deal... Uh, and you want to bring people in, they will They will cater to you. They will cater, and it is spectacular. It is absolutely spectacular. Uh, so let me do this. I'm going to grab one more phone call, and then uh, we're going to have to go to break. Uh, don't forget, uh, we've got Jennifer Bukowski. She'll be with us at uh, 1035. She has been sent out by the Republicans to monitor the elections. We'll get her feedback. Uh, Mike, welcome on the speaker question. Who would you want to be Speaker of the House? I'd just go ahead and vote for him for president. Who? Take president, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, yeah. Wouldn't he be a hell of a president? Oh, man. He yeah. Just, all, all his ducks are in a row. Can you imagine what he would do to the news media in a press conference? It's unreal. He'd eviscerate him. All right. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock. Quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 10, just a few minutes from now. Jennifer Bukowski, a whole host of topics. She has been out, uh, sent by the Republican Party around the country to to, uh, to oversee uh, uh, the vote uh, last week. She's back in town. She's going to tell us uh, some of her observations, where she thinks we should go from there. In the meantime, we threw out a quick question. It is just a survey. It doesn't count as your call for the day. Who would you like to see uh, become Speaker of the House? It appears, and again, I'm hesitant to predict anything this election, that the Republicans are going to take the the House of Representatives. They're one seat away. Uh, so uh, what did I get here? Tim says Tom Massey. Chris says Tom Massey. That's uh, four votes for Massey. Uh, but Brian uh, says uh, Jordan has my vote. Judith says Jordan. Marjorie Taylor Green. Jim says, can you imagine <laughs> what the next two years would be like? Really, do you uh, really, Jim? You want Marjorie Taylor Green as speaker, or are you just thinking that would be funny? Uh, and then uh, Thomas says uh, Stefanik. Uh, at least Stefanik for Speaker of the House. So we got some mix, but uh, mostly it's uh, Jim Jordan. And I really do like Jordan. I, I like uh, I like the cut of his jib. Steve, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, Jim Jordan would be pretty good as Speaker. I mean, he, he has the guts to go up against people. You know, he's... I'm afraid McCarthy would be just like uh, McConnell there in the Senate, kind of wishy-washy and just doesn't say do what he says. You know what I mean? Do you get the and feeling then, that the Republican Party has has gone statist, has gone sort of like they're in a quagmire? They're yeah, McConnell would would rather be Senate Minority Leader than Majority Leader. 
he's he'd be content just just to be the minority leader. He 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 doesn't care. He's he's been there too long. He's just he he just doesn't care. And and then on the Senate, I'm afraid we're never going to win the Senate again. They've figured out how they can come up with the votes every time to at least keep it fifty fifty. And that that's my opinion on that. With this counting out ballots for a week and mail in ballots and we're never it needs to go back to the way it used to be. Where it's actually embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing yeah. that the uh, the most advanced country in the world can't get an election counted inside of a week. Well, we're still counting representatives, districts. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just a small small section of the state. But how did they change it to where we vote on the Senate instead of? the legislature's appointment. That was that early in the last century, uh, in the early 1900s. And they, uh, the, the state legislatures, for the most part, were the ones who appointed senators. And there was a whole system around that for apportioning the debt and fighting the spending. Uh, the Senate didn't actually represent the people. They represented the legislature. Uh, now, of course, they're just glorified congressmen running... Uh, with the same, you know, let me bribe you for your vote mentality as the House. Yep, yep. We, we need to go back to that system. That's yep. what we need to, because all it is now is a big popularity contest and hundreds of millions of dollars spent on state Senate races. It, yep. It's getting out, it's out, it's out of hand. And they need to get rid of the primaries and the mail-in vote. I mean, we have slowly but surely done everything we could to destroy the election process in this that country. Mail-in voting has got to go. I agree. It's like Sean Handy says, paper ballots day of, he even wants to make it a uh, holiday. You're off work that day, so you don't have to worry about missing work or standing in line forever. Yeah, you can do it on a Saturday. You don't even have to do anything. Just yeah, do it on yeah. a Saturday. All right, Steve. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874 Let me see here where we're at. I think Jordan would be great. McCarthy is an empty suit. The Senate going to vote for leadership as well. Well, it doesn't matter what the Senate does, really. Um, they can choose the minority leader. The Republicans can, but it by nature of the fact that the vice president gives the Democrats at least a one-seat edge. By the way, that reminds me, the Georgia race is more important than you might think. Uh, at a 50-50 split, they, uh, McConnell and uh, Chuck Schumer have a, a power-sharing deal. But if it goes to the Democrats, if Warnock wins, uh, then that, you know, all deals are off. Uh, I would I would like to see uh, the Republicans uh, at least get 50-50 in the Senate. But the idea that we're going to have gridlock is terrific. The money, which is what the Democrats want to spend, is controlled by the House of Representatives. If the Republicans have that, they can say, no, we're not funding that. You want to spend how many billion dollars hiring new IRS agents? No, no, that isn't going to happen. Uh, and that's what I look forward to seeing. Uh, let's see here. Um, the only good cat is deep fried, served with sweet and sour. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> that's interesting. 
I'd like to see President Trump elected speaker just to see him take the gavel from Nancy Pelosi and then turn it over to Kathy Morris Rogers uh, from Eastern Washington. Uh, that would be interesting, but I don't know if he'd turn it over. I think he'd keep it myself. All right, let me uh, let me tell you what's uh, what's coming up because Jennifer has Jennifer Bukowski has been uh, sent all over the country uh, watching uh, elections, and uh, this uh, this last election, I think she was uh, sent to Arizona. Uh, deploy? No, she was de- deployed to Nevada. Uh, she was there uh, Sunday through Friday evening. Uh, she was in Wisconsin and Arizona in 2020. She's got some perspective that she's willing to share with us. Um, she's going to talk about the Republican Party. And I, and I was kind of leading us there in this segment of the program. Does the Republican Party need a major shakeup? Are the House of Representatives filled with old thinkers? Mind you, I did not say stinkers. Though I could have. Uh, Are they just full of old thinkers who just play the game the way they used to? And is it time for some new blood to lead the party? Is it time for some out-of-the-box thinkers? And based on the response on Jim Jordan, I would say that, uh, that many of you do think that way. That they're just playing the same old game the same old way and caving in left and right and I think a lot of real conservatives are tired of this I want to see them really do a knockdown drag out hang in there until we win kind of fight because if they don't if they keep caving in if they you know make a move and then back off. Say, well, look, we're not going to fund the government if you do this. And this is what they do all the time. They'll go, we're not going to fund it. If the government shuts down, it shuts down. Then the news media come out and they say, hey, it's almost Christmas time and all these government employees, they're not working. And it's, and they cave. And the moment they cave, they lose. The moment they cave, they lose. Stick to your guns. Until you win, and you win and the other side loses. But the Republicans don't have the testicular fortitude to do that. They just cave all the time. I don't see a guy like Jordan caving. I think Jordan sticks it out. I think he's, if he says we don't fund something that's unconstitutional, I think it doesn't get funded. And I don't think he caves. And that's the kind of leadership the Republicans need. Somebody who is tough, somebody who is principled, somebody who, you know, is willing to fight for what's right. And I think that's sadly missing in all of the old world, uh, uh, old school Republicans. All right, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Bukowski, she is uh, coming up. Uh, there is a story about very suspicious activity in Scottsdale. Poll watcher recounted what happened. I listened to the video this morning. We might play that while Jennifer is with us. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> it's uh, it's ten thirty-five, and uh, Jennifer's not here. 
I don't know where Jennifer's at, but she's supposed to be here. She said she would be here. Ah, there she is. In the meantime, I'm going to play this for you uh, from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, see what you think of this. My name is Stuart Skirty. I was a poll observer on November 8th at the El Dorado Park Community Center in Scottsdale from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. I attest to the following observations that day during my shift. The day started off with high volume of voters and drop-offs without tabulator issues. Between 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m., we had 460 live voters and 397 drop-offs. Lines started at 30 minutes, then moved to 45 minutes, and by noon, wait times were well over an hour to an hour and a half. Tabulator voter suppression issues started shortly after a county technician arrived to check our equipment. Starting at 11.30, we started experiencing issues with tabulators not accepting voters' ballots. These voters were instructed to re-enter their ballots four different ways in the original tabulator, then if all failed, to do the same thing in the second tabulator, then if failed again, go back to the first tabulator and try again. If all 12 attempts failed, they were given the choice of spoiling their ballot having another printed, fill out their ballot again, and try submitting the tabulators again. A 30-plus minute process on top of waiting in line for an hour plus, or placing their ballot in drawer number three. Between 11.30 and noon, approximately 10% of the ballots were failing. Between noon and 12.30, approximately 20% of the ballots were failing. Between 12.30 and one o'clock, four of every seven ballots were failing. I'll never forget the look on these affected voters' faces. They were in disbelief that our system of voting was failing them in a mass, in mass, and on the most important election day of the 22 cycle. In the 42 years I have been voting, 99% of which is in per was in person. I've never experienced such chaos, confusion, and voter suppression. Wow. What is going on? Uh, Jennifer Bukowski is with us. Uh, she has been uh, traveling about. She was deployed to Nevada, uh, was there for, uh, well, Sunday through Friday evening. In 2020, she was in Wisconsin and Arizona. Um, she's gotten to see this stuff up close and personal. Uh, Jennifer, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Gary. Still reeling a little bit from last week's disappointments, but I think we can learn a lot from losing more so than from winning here, and I hope that we do this time. You know, I was talking to uh, listeners, and I'm going to get your vote on this, too. Who would you like to see as the next Speaker of the House? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. I mean, McCarthy, I'm I'm ready to be done with the people running the show now because they clearly don't know how to allocate money and resources to elections. So I am open to hearing new ideas for that, for sure. Majority, a majority of uh, people calling uh, thought uh, Jim Jordan would be a great Speaker of the House. Oh, uh, wow, yeah, he would be. I agree. though? <laughs> yeah, if he, he wants the job, does he is he in the running for it? I don't know if he is or not, but he would make a. I think he'd be great because I think you got to fight fire with fire. Uh, the Democrats are ruthless, and I think he can be too. He can keep up with them and and uh, go pound for pound, punch for punch. Uh, so I'd like to see. I would like to see that. Um, I saw a tweet last night from my friend Dana Lash that she was being more like knives out and fighting and energy for this upcoming House Speaker's race than she had for the election for any of the issues. And if only they'd put this kind of fight into the midterms, then maybe we would have a wider margin. Anyway. Yeah, well, you can only hope. Uh, all right, so uh, you, um, 
you've been out uh, two years ago. You were in Wisconsin and then uh, Arizona. Uh, you've also been to Nevada this year watching it. And, and by the way, did you see anything peculiar in Nevada? Certainly. Yeah, I did. Okay, so Nevada, which you're saying it correctly, and I got corrected constantly because I used to say Nevada. <laughs> I used to say Nevada. Nevada, <laughs> it's a vote-by-mail state where professional ballot harvesting is legal. The Democrats control the state legislature, so this is what we're stuck with. And what I saw was, well, I got out there on Monday. I went to Clark County and observed all of the different stages of the uh, intake of votes, the comparisons of signatures, and all the way through tabulation. And uh, that was an interesting thing to see because they don't ask for your ID. They ask you, is this your address when you tell them your name? You say yes, and you sign something, and then they see whether or not your signature matches. That's for in-person. But for everyone that does a vote by mail, if your signature doesn't match like your driver's license signature, it can uh, you, have, you might have to cure it through curation. So it's, it's a completely different process than what I'm used to seeing. But... We were out there, and uh, I saw all those stages, and then I saw, as we were running this hotline for legal issues, we had a bunch of problems, like there was huge lines, the machines were failing all over the place in Clark County, and bear in mind, as I'm sure your listeners are sophisticated and know this, but the day of voters are always in Arizona and Nevada our voters, way more than they are the Democrat voters. The mail-in ballot voters lean heavily Democrat. Well, the day of, here's the problem. We had a, a freak rainstorm with crazy wind in Vegas, their biggest by far most populous county. Put that on top of the machines failing in two-hour-plus lines. And in one place in the state, we had snow. Um, so this is all going to lead to less turnout because people are just not going to stand in just awful rain and wind for two hours outside to go vote inside a tent. That's what they, I mean, there's a different dynamic out there. They set up tents for their voting places because I guess they don't have to worry about like Missouri, a tent not being <laughs> sufficient, um, in November for uh, votes. But I think that cost us a lot of voters and then while we're waiting for them to go through this onerous process of, you know, scanning through the envelopes, looking for which ones the signatures don't match. I mean, just it's a laborious thing. Uh, they count them. They have all like 10 different stages of this. And then if you have any overvotes or undervotes or having to figure out if, and take a look, have a team take a look at the ballot to make sure that there wasn't some sort of mistake. It takes forever to do this. The, in, the ones that happened the day of, those that if they finally, you know, waited and got theirs through the tabulator, those we need the totals of instantly. But we were waiting forever for all these other uh, mail-in ballots to be totaled. And we built models to project how we were going to do. And by even our most conservative estimates, we thought we were going to win the election. However, we did not account for the fact that, like, professional ballot harvesters would, on the day of election dump that many Democrat ballots into the drop-off boxes. Those drop-off, those day-of drop-off boxes, we thought that they'd be kind of less skewed for the Democrats than the mailed-in ones. It was totally the opposite. They were by far 
extremely skewed for the Democrats, and I think that that's the result of professional ballot harvesters who they had their list that they were ticking off, who they had gotten their votes from, and uh, waited till the day of to drop all those off. And so that's why those final numbers that we saw on uh, Saturday night, the race went to Cortez Masto. Um, and so where were the Republican ballot harvesters, Gary? That's the issue. Like, don't hate the player, hate the game. But win the dang game. And we did, were not utilizing the same tools and the same rules that the Democrats have been in Wisconsin and Arizona and Nevada to win the election. And that's at the end of the day, that's what matters, because you can't just have some freak weather events or machine malfunctions on the day of cost you the balance of the United States Senate. And that's exactly what happened here. So you're not going to get them to uh, to do a traditional bring in your driver's license uh, proof of residency and come vote. You can't. Because the you legislature isn't going legislature. Yeah, you can't. So we have to figure out how to win with vote by mail, period. We have to get out the ballot harvesters. We were outspent enormously on the Senate race, which is another problem. Um, we were outspent in all these battleground states, in part because of Mitch McConnell allocating like $9 bucks to defeat Murkowski or to help Murkowski um, defend herself from another Republican in Alaska. And, and then I had a call, I'll tell you, I won't say who it was with, but it was with someone very important. Um, first time I'd ever gotten to speak with this person. And I said, well, you know, I was thinking about, I'm not maxed out to these battleground state people. Who should I give to? You know who he told me? Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson, like, they're all about protecting their own friends and their own incumbents and their own establishment. And instead of investing in these battleground races, Blake Masters is a great candidate. He got totally ditched. Laxalt, excellent candidate. And uh, they should be in the United States Senate. But for the Democrats, invested their money into getting their people to win those races. And they won. We got beat. And so we need to learn from it and try to figure out how not to get beaten again. Now, Nevada was kind of interesting because unlike Arizona, we did see the governor win. And I think that that's in part because the governor there, he is Lombardo, is the former Clark County Sheriff. Clark County is where Vegas is. So you must have had some split ballots or some crossover votes from Democrat to Republican or people refused to vote for the Sissel Act, the existing governor. And I think that's because Sissel Act shut down that whole town. So a lot of the working class folks out there just hate him for that. Plus, you have crime as an issue, so it's a former sheriff. And um, I think that it's also a clear signal that whoever was paying for these professional ballot harvesters were out there for Cortez Masto and didn't care about how the governor race went. Jennifer Bukowski is our guest. She was out observing the elections. And uh, abortion did turn out to be an issue. But I'm going to make an observation here that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. I'm going to tell you about uh, some statistics and abortion and Republicans. We'll do that next on the Carrie Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1052. Jennifer Bukowski is with us. Uh, she was uh, sent out of state by the Republicans to uh, monitor the elections. Abortion did turn out to be an issue, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an observation here that a lot of people probably aren't uh, aware of. But every governor... Uh, that that signed 
an abortion uh, a bill that said, here are the limits. Here's where I stand. Every one of them won. DeSantis by 19, Abbott by 11, uh, DeWine by 25, uh, Kemp by 8, uh, Sit, Reynolds, Ivy, Noam, McMaster, uh, Lee, Little, Gordon, every one of them won. All they had to do is not run from the issue and say, here's where, where we stand. And conversely, point out that the Democrats are, you know, they're looking at uh, fourth trimester, as they say, abortions with no limits. And that was the winning ticket. That was how to handle it. Jennifer, your observation. I think, I think Gary, if you had, like, reasonable limits, you're right. If you had put, like, the line in the sand and not had it be... No exceptions. I think that proved to be helpful, right? But I do think it was a good tool for the Democrats, particularly in like Nevada, where you can have professional ballot harvesters. We saw like single women swing the hardest to the left that we've ever seen before. And their votes came out and they did not come out Republican. And so I think that that was a driving issue motivating that demographic to vote against Republicans because of the misleading ways that that issue has been discussed since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. You've heard time and time again, uh, Democrat talking points, the Republicans want to outlaw contraception. They're going to take away gay marriage, all this stuff. Do they not realize that Republicans use contraception? No Republican I know of has any plans whatsoever to outlaw contraceptions, but there's so many scare tactics uh, on this issue of reproductive freedom and right to so-called right to abortion, but contraception and abortion that drove out the young uh, voters, and they voted overwhelmingly for Democrats. Unbelievable, because uh, it looked like it should have been, uh, and it turned out not to be. Uh, that the Republicans would take the Senate and do very well. Uh, instead but, of you know what? I was thinking, like, if we had won that, I was a little concerned, like, what will we do with that momentum so we don't lose it? Because how much control would we really have to turn this ship around when we have, you know, Joe Biden at the helm for two more years with veto power? We, were, we would have been kind of limited as to what we could have gotten done these next two years. Now the Democrats are going to own the abysmal state that our country's in and uh at least we're taking back the house barely but i i wonder you know is it a silver lining hopefully we learn from this and we roar back stronger in 24 but that will only happen if we get better people in positions of leadership to allocate money and to um help back candidates and quite frankly we need to use the democrats playbook in many ways including, you know, of course, as I mentioned, ballot harvesting, the vote-by-mail stuff, but also we need to meddle in their primaries. I mean, they openly are bragging about how they meddled in all of our primaries to get our weakest candidates, our Trumpiest, most MAGA or whatever extreme candidates to win our primaries so they didn't have difficult candidates to face in generals, and it worked. Why aren't we doing that? We were, and uh, and this is the phrase that I, this is how I describe it. Uh, the Republican Party was McCaskilled all over the country. We they were, took, and why weren't we doing that to them? We need to do that to them next time, right? 
Well, I, I, I literally explained earlier the solution to the problem, and that's to quit making taxpayers fund the primary decisions. Let those primary decisions be made at the state level by the, uh, you know, at the state convention, uh, and the same with the presidential candidates. Do it at the, at the uh, national convention. Pick your party. It's a private organization. I shouldn't have to pay for it. Uh, and that would eliminate this. That would, but, if, but I mean, realistically, we're not going to get rid of the primary system between now and 24. But we could copy their playbook and try to get their crazies. Uh, I'm not saying that all our people are crazies, but the ones we perceived as the craziest, get them to win their primaries so that our candidates in the general have a better shot of winning in, in battleground races. I think that would be very helpful. Although they did have freaking Fetterman, <laughs> and he still won. But I predicted that one, actually, when I was out there. I said I thought we had a better shot at Arizona than Pennsylvania just because people are so tribal. Like, we elected a dead man for Senate when the Senate hung in the balance in Missouri in 2000. Remember that? Well, like, well they hung, they, they voted in, in Pennsylvania, a guy who was dead and in the grave for a month. They, they, they voted for him and he won. Because uh, they only care about like someone who will vote for their side, for their team winning. That's the issue. That's why, uh, Carnahan was elected, you know, but they came out and said, oh, we'll put his wife in. Well, she wasn't really the candidate, but she was someone that was going to vote like he would have. Fetterman someone that's going to vote alongside the Democrats, and that's what apparently they wanted in Pennsylvania. Good God, that one really galls me. Uh, because that, again, is the mail-in vote that made the difference. If those oh, yeah. early Democrat mail-in voters had seen that debate before they voted, I guarantee you support would have plummeted for him. Not that Oz was necessarily a very good candidate either, but I think he would have been a better candidate than, uh, or perceived a better candidate by those early voters uh, after they watched that uh, that debate. Jennifer Bukowski is with us if you just uh, tuned in. Uh, Stephen Miller blames McConnell, lack of funds for a failed red wave. Um, we've got a whole bunch more, including Josh Hawley, the old party is dead. Time to bury it. Build something new. Uh, Mike Pence may run in the in the in the race. We got a ton more to go with Jennifer Bukowski on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show 